Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Travels hostess. Tonight we talk turkey and we talk good old fashioned family time around a smoky campfire roasting marshmallows for s'mores. And joining me tonight is my husband, Jeff. Husband Jeff or Lunchbox. Glad to be here. <laughs> so, first, like I said, let's talk turkey. We're going to cover a few fun, funky facts about Thanksgiving. It, uh, well, number one, it was President George Washington who in 1789 declared November 26 to officially be recognized as a day of public thanks and prayers to be observed. Then in November, uh, November 26 to be exact, in 1941, exact the exact same date as it was proclaimed 150 years prior by George Washington, it was dictated that Thanksgiving, during FDR years, will always be held the last Thursday of November, which was a tradition initially introduced by Abraham Lincoln. That was a big fun fact. Fun fact number two. There are several proclaimed Official, unofficial, initial, uninitial Thanksgivings. <laughs> Dating as far back as 1541, when Francisco de Coronado broke bread at Palo Duro Canyon in Texas, to the 1879 Canada's Thanksgiving of November 6th, to America's three-day feast in 1691. So lots of people declaring Thanksgiving Lots of different years, lots of different places, but today in America, we have it on the third, the fourth. Or you could just say the last, <laughs> the last Thursday of November. Okay, we'll say that, of November. Okay, so that was fun fact number two. Fun fact number three, the very first Macy's Parade had animals in it, not actual hot air balloons, and the animals were actually loaned to them by the Central Park City Zoo. And when they got balloons, because they didn't know how to properly deflate them, after the parade was over, Macy's crew would just let them float away. But the first balloon provided by Goodyear was actually Felix the Cat. Remember him, guys? But either way, if you don't, that's okay, because it's our good old pal Snoopy who's appeared uh, as a floating balloon more than any other balloon in the Macy's Parade. 
Thanksgiving parade. Like an icon. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if Woodstock's always been with him, but Snoopy's always been there. Okay. So, fun fact number four. Believe it or not, America's biggest drinking night is Thanksgiving Eve. That's Sometimes right. Sometimes that's my birthday. Okay. <laughs> that's not the a fun biggest fact. Biggest party night of the year, baby. Okay. So, but either way, I'm going to assume that the reason uh, the night before Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving Eve is the biggest night of America's drinking night is because we know it's the night before we see our judgy, hypocritical, probably racist, and potentially adulterous, but truly ignorant aunts, uncles, and their equally idiotic offsprings. And we got to sit through it politely as possible. Or maybe it's a big party night because everybody has the next day off. No. No? No. Okay, that's what I always thought. Either way, its unofficial title is called Blackout Wednesday because booze. And that's how we manage. Okay. So, uh, funny funk fact number five. The day after Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday, is plumbers' busiest day of the year. That's right. All the turkey poops (laughs) actually gives plumbers their day in the sun. If you knew that certain uncle asshole likes to, in fact, clog your family toilet, I highly recommend you schedule your plumber now or sooner, sooner, soon. Okay, so those are our Let's Talk Turkey fun facts, as weird as they are. Now, obviously, for the holidays, we do like to get together and relax with our families. And some would argue getting together and relaxing and enjoying our families is the same or rather the point with camping. However, this is a podcast about where the dark corners are. So, tonight, we are going to discuss some good old-fashioned family camping in the dark, dark woods. And... Spooky. Yes. And as we discuss them, husband Jeff, he will provide us with some interesting tips. Oh, I got seven of them. All right. So let's talk about some good old-fashioned family camping in the dark, dark woods. Our first spooky spook campground is a place, and no, I am not making up this name, is a place called Holy Ghost Campground. This legit campground is located in New Mexico's northern Sangre de Cristo Mountains of the New Mexico National Forest. And... The name is in direct relation as to why it is haunted. There are a few legends related to this area. One legend says that a priest killed the Pueblo people who settled in this land in the late 1700s. But a different legend says that the priest was killed by the Pueblo people who were defending themselves. I actually think it was probably a combo. The Catholic Church has a burning reputation for killing people they couldn't convert or maiming them to make them convert. So basically, you know, hurt to convert. Either way, it is believed that the lingering spirit of the Catholic priest 
is still among the trees, unable to rest, either by his murderous death or by his murderous ways. But he is not the only paranormal activity going on at the Holy Ghost Campground. According to a local ghost tour guide, the Picos, Picos, the Picos, we're going to go with Picos, Picos Wilderness, Picos, you know, obviously being the name of the area, is home to all kinds of bizarre activity. There are a number of people who have gone missing in this particular area, and we're talking people who have just straight disappeared as if into thin air because their clothing and or their remains have never been found. There have also been reports of UFO sightings, strange shadows, and hearing voices. In fact, there's even been some speculation that this particular area is a cosmic doorway that opens that opens perhaps to different dimensions. And people who have gone there, you know, to investigate, probably hoping to debunk, actually end up having experiences that convince them otherwise. In fact, one investigator had an interesting experience. So the investigator was fishing and in broad daylight saw a man approaching her. And when she turned to address the person, the man completely disappeared. So UFOs, hearing voices. Is this a place you would consider camping? I think I would love it. (laughs) I think I would be out there looking for the UFOs. Okay. Trying to hear the voices. Trying to hear the voices? Well, do you have a tip to offer? Sure. Well, you were talking about them, them fishing, but when you're out camping, you got to take a bath or a shower or something. So I recommend getting microfiber towels because they're small, compact. They don't weigh a lot, and they dry out really fast after you use them. Plus, they, like, absorb way more water than, like, a regular towel, and they're easy to pack because they're so small, and you can just... Carry lots of them if you so desire. Okay, so tip number one is microfiber... Microfiber towels. Okay. Okay. So, we're going to head to the lovely state of California, and let's talk about our second haunted campground spot, Holcomb Valley Campground, which is just outside Big Bear, California. A little history. Back in the 1880s, in a place known as Holcomb Valley, there was once known a town of Belleville. Belleville was a thriving gold mining town that boomed in the early 1860. Being a boom town and having its rough and tough miners, it certainly had its fair share of saloons, brothels, drifters, robbers, and of course, scoundrels. In fact, it's been reported that there was at least one killing and one hanging every week. To this day, you can still see some of the ruins of this town's buildings, as well as a few graves and many of the original mines and diggings throughout Holcomb Valley. And you can still see the old hanging tree, which is located just a short walk from the Holcomb Valley campground. Now for the hauntings. Campers have heard murmurs, whispers, occasionally otherworldly screams during the night, Some people have even reported seeing the ghost of a dead miner carrying his lamp through the woods and probably looking for some gold. That sounds like another place I'd like to visit. Sounds creepy and fun. Well, this place actually has 19 campsites 
for tent camping. So no RVs. Uh, forget it. Good. <laughs> so make your reservations RSVP if you're into tent camping. Not anymore. Well, do you have any tips for tent camping? Yeah, sure. You never know when you're going to run into some kind of emergency and you need a little bit of duct tape to fix it because duct tape fixes everything. Everybody knows that. If you don't want to take a whole roll of duct tape, take your water bottle or a hiking stick or whatever you got and just wrap a few layers of duct tape around the outside of it. That way you have it for later because you never know when you're going to need a little duct tape. It comes in handy for just about everything. Duct tape. Duct tape. Okay. Or e- even better is Gorilla Tape, because that stuff sticks to everything. Okay. People can unroll it later? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Camping hack tip number two. Duct tape. Okay. <laughs> okay, moving on to our third. Spooky spook. Campground still in the lovely state of California, and we are talking about the Humboldt Redwood State Park of Northern California. There are actually a few different things going on here. First, there's Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Throughout the year, people have reported sightings of Bigfoot or Sasquatch, and apparently he is known to trample on campers' food and other camping items. Do you believe in Sasquatch? Yes. I believe in Sasquatch. He's real. He's real. Yes. I, I don't know where he's at. Well, he's not he's, here. He's out there somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what they say. You may not believe in Bigfoot, but Bigfoot believes in you. Oh, no, I believe in him. Okay. He's there somewhere. I just don't know where. So, in addition to Bigfoot, there's also the the belief that the spirits of Native Americans also haunt the forest. The Sinki people once called these woods their home, but today... Their spirits remain to protect the sacred trees. Campers have actually seen full-body apparitions of Native Americans standing in the dark forest staring back at them before disappearing into the mist of the forest. Now, not only does Bigfoot and Native American spirits exist in these woods, but so do six ghost trees that quote-unquote haunt the forest. Now, these ghost trees are actually rare albino white redwood trees. There's actually a total of about 40 in the entire world, and there's six in this particular forest alone. They average about 30 feet high and are called albino redwoods because they lack pigmentation. Their needles are white and give the appearance that they look like they've been flocked with snow or frost. And the ghost trees are actually pretty easy to find if you know where to look. Located along the Eel River, the Humboldt Redwood State Park is about 5,300-acre parks and has some of the best ancient redwood groves on the planet. There are three primary campgrounds, including Albee Creek, Burlington, and Hidden Springs. Albee Creek has 41 campsites scattered among the old redwood trees, the old growth ones. Burlington is located next to the visitor center on the Avenue of the Giants, which are the large trees. Very big trees. Very, very pretty place to go. If you've never been there, you should go there. Everybody should go there. Well, there's 57 campsites there, so they... I'm just saying, even if you don't go camping there, you should 
go and drive the Avenue of Giants. Even better, if you're like me, go ride your motorcycle through the Avenue of the Giants because it's probably the most beautiful place that I've ever seen. It's just, it's stunning. If you've never been there, you got to go. And the third uh, primary campground, um, Hidden Springs, is the largest campground with 154 campsites and is located, speaking of the Avenue of the Giants, right on the Avenue of the Giants. That would be the place to go. Okay. I think, in my opinion. All right. And do you have a, a third camping hack, hack, camping tip? Well, if you're going to go camping and you're going to go in a tent, you probably, unlike me, if you're going to go in a tent, you probably don't have a lot of room because you got to kind of carry everything with you. So if you uh, like Tic Tacs, save your boxes from the Tic Tacs because they make excellent little spice containers. You just put your salt and your pepper and whatever else you want to take with you into a few of those. Just make sure you label them so that you don't, think you're pouring sugar in your coffee and you pour the salt in because that would just be terrible. So Tic Tac recycled. Recycled. Reuse. Upcycled. Upcycled Tic Tacs. Tic Tac Containers. Containers. Okay. Make great spice boxes. All right. That's your. your. That's camping hack number three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, now we're going to head northeast to our fourth haunted campsite. We're going to head to West... Yellowstone, Montana, and check out Beaver Creek Campground. Now, this campground is actually located on a bluff overlooking Earthquake Lake in West Yellowstone. Now, Earthquake Lake's name is a reflection of a horrible incident that happened here. On August 17, 1959, in the middle of the night, a 7.3 earthquake struck the area, sending millions of tons of boulders into a gravel slide down the, slide, the side of the mountain and right into a campground that was located there. This landslide killed 29 campers in the middle of the night. And because this landslide temporarily plugged the Madison River, it actually ended up creating a lake exactly where this former campground was. Today, what was the campground in 1959 is now underwater. And I'm talking the whole campground, including the 1959 trailers, the vehicles, the gear, everything. So everything that was there when it happened is still at the bottom of that lake. Yeah, I guess. That's a scary thought. It's a sad thought. It's a sad thought, but it's kind of creepy, too. Right. And if, But if you're brave enough, okay, to venture down to the shores of this newly formed lake, it is said that during a moonless night, you might actually see the glowing orbs where the old campground used to be located. In addition to the Earthquake Lake, or they call it Quake Lake, there's also Ghost Village, just a short walk from Beaver Campground, there are some cabins that were destroyed during this particular quake and the rising water. Ghost Village is a creepy, beautiful, but definitely worth visiting during the Halloween campout at Beaver Creek. So they kind of play on this whole tragic event with hol- with the holiday of Halloween, the non-holiday holiday of Halloween. It's probably it- my favorite holiday. 
Right, non-holiday. Non-holiday, holiday, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's the best day of the year, I think. Well, and the other thing about this place is, aside from its obviously tragic and haunted past, apparently the fly fishing here is considered world-class, and there is an abundance of wildlife to see and watch, and we're talking including the occasional grizzly bear. Located about 30 minutes from Yellowstone National Park, which is, I'm sure, another stunning park. It is. I've been there. Um, it's really pretty. I, I was there when I was younger, so I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I just I do remember that it it's quite amazing. It's another beautiful place. Well, I haven't been there, but if you go through there, Yellowstone National Park, but you don't necessarily camp there and you're kind of like, oh, my God, I want to check out Beaver Creek. Beaver Creek actually has 64 camping spots that, again, if you can't, you don't get the chance to stay at Yellowstone. Beaver Creek kind of sounds like it would be an awesome plan B. Do we have another? A number four. A number four. So number four is quite simple. Uh, every time you go camping, whether you're in an RV or you're in a tent, you're going to need a way to start a fire because you want to, you want to roast the marshmallows. You want to stay warm, whatever you want to do. So if you get a little, um, like a little Rubbermaid container, a little Tupperware bowl, just a little square ones, whatever, put your matches inside of that and then take some sandpaper, like cut a piece of sandpaper the same size as the lid, glue it to the top of the the lid of the container, and then you can pull a match out of your nice container, strike it on that sandpaper, light your fire. Your matches won't get wet that way. They won't get, the, the box won't get destroyed because you threw it in one of your backpacks or something because it's a nice sturdy container. So And you'll know right where they're at because that's where you put them. All right, so basically waterproof. A waterproof match container. Okay. There's There's several other ways you could do it, but that's, Probably the easiest one, and I like that one. Okay. So that was Camping Hack number five. Four. Four. Well, speaking of number five, we're going to hitch our wagon east and come to number five, Haunted Campground. I'm talking the Antietam Creek Campground in Hangerstown, Maryland. Obviously, the name Antietam brings us to the Civil War, located just a few miles from the site of the bloodiest battle of America's Civil War. Antietam Creek clearly cannot avoid being haunted. I mean, we are talking about being near a place where 23,000 men, young and old, died literally in one day on September 17, 1862. So it goes without saying that the visitors of Antietam Creek Campground have seen a tremendous amount of paranormal activity that include ghost Civil War soldiers. They hear phantom gunfire and phantom gunfire from the cannons, and they also hear the rat-a-tat-tat of the military drummers. So basically, if you are a Civil War and campfire fanatic, then this is the campground of your dreams. Basically, this campground should be your next cantation. I just made up a new word. But be advised, you must park on the main road and trek your camping gear into this campground. 
No reservations are required and walk-ins are okay for their 20 spots. You've got to carry everything in and then you got to carry everything out. Doesn't sound like the kind of place I'd go. It sounds like a place I would go, but... I don't know. I like my trailer. Well, I get that. But uh, being a, you know, a history buff... Well, yeah, that's that that definitely sounds interesting. I just don't know if I'd want to stay more than one or two nights because sleeping on the ground and all, I'd rather sleep in the trailer. Okay. <laughs> well, do you have a camp hack? Yeah, so we're going to continue on the the making fire idea here. So we talked about matches and where to keep them inside your little Rubbermaid container. So if you're out camping and you were going to start a fire, but for some reason in the middle of the woods you can't find any kindling to start your fire, you can put the Doritos in the fire pit. Light your match, burn the Doritos to start your fire. Who doesn't have Doritos? What flavor? You can use any flavor. And not only that, uh, this is unconfirmed because I haven't tried this, but I've also read that corn chips work, that you can light corn chips on fire. So you're basically saying that one of America's favorite snack is flammable. Yeah. Highly flammable. Yeah. Can start a fire flammable. Well, you got to have flame to put to it, but yeah, you can use it as, as kindling. Okay. Um, if any of our readers, readers, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> any of my listeners actually have done this, please send me an email to confirm or debunk. Confirm or debunk. The please act- send her an email and tell her I'm right. <laughs> you don't have to agree with him. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Moving on and heading further south is our sixth haunted campground. I am referring to the Montgomery Bell State Park located in Dixon County, Tennessee. So, why is this place haunted? Well, in 1856, a circus train was coming through Dixon County when the train jumped its track. Luckily, none of the animals or, you know, people, they weren't hurt. <laughs> However, several of the circus animals ran off into the forest and what is now part of Montgomery Bell State Park. Naturally, it took a couple of days, but the handlers were able to capture almost all of the animals except for two. So what were these two animals that they couldn't capture? Well, according to lore, these two animals were a pair of half-human, half-wolf creatures who were exhibited under the moniker the Wiffmen of Borneo. In fact, the circus brought in expert trackers to track and capture the Wolfmen, but it seemed as if these Wolfmen of Borneo had disappeared into thin air. Would that be like werewolves? Uh, well. Half, half man, half wolf? That, that is the assumption or the image of the presentation that is given because here's what happens after. After this incident, people in the area actually starts to hear strange howls at night. And as time passed, locals actually started losing livestock. Now, some of the livestock just went missing but were found, but others were found brutally dismembered and basically slaughtered and eaten. 
the locals began to fear that they actually had a werewolf on their hands, or maybe a couple of them. So they even called another professional hunter. This professional hunter did manage to shoot at a large wolf-like animal, but whatever it was, it actually escaped into the forest without a trace. And the tales of the wolfman or wolfman actually persists after this. In fact, there's even a, a story of two men traveling on a nearby local road when they realized that they were actually being stalked by a large creature. The two men, one being a local landowner and his hired hand, obviously got spooked, tried to outrun the creature, but the creature caught up with them. And so the duo decided to split and head into the forest. Well, the creature, the wolfman, gives chase to the hired hand, and the landowner was absolutely horrified as he hears the other man screaming and crying as he is presumably being torn apart. And the hired man's body is never, ever located. They don't ever find it. And this incident is enough to for the locals to basically mobilize a mob and hunt down this dreadful creature. So what the mob does is, using a live goat as bait, they take a goat into a clearing and they tie it down to something, and then they kind of wait, extinguishing their torches and their lanterns, and they wait and they watch, and the second the wolf creature appears, the mob opens fire. Like, with their guns. And and then after the smoke clears, uh, they relight their torches and their lanterns. And they check to see if they killed the beast. And in the clearing, they see that it's completely empty. The creature, the goat, and two members of this mob posse have vanished in the thick night air. Wait a second. They just disappeared. Correct. Wow. So That's creepy. At that point in time, they're like, uh, we're, they're just absolutely terrified. The group disperses and decides not to pursue this mysterious creature or creatures anymore. But to this day, campers and visitors still report hearing the sounds of howling and like an ancient sound of screams during the night, especially in the area now known or considered to be Werewolf Springs, because it's really also known as Hall Springs, but werewolf springs and people have claimed to have seen large bear-like footprints in the area. Now, this ancient werewolf is not the only paranormal activity going on here. The, this particular campground has a lot of hiking trails and a nearby 19th century cemetery that conveniently is situated on a hill above the camp. And it is said that on moonless nights, Visitors have reported seeing ghosts and hearing disembodied voices among the trees around the graves. And if that isn't enough, starting from the cemetery, you can take a path that heads into the woods towards Werewolf Springs. The springs are actually springs, and they are said to have mystical powers and may have been one of the hangouts of the infamous Bell Witch. You guys remember the Bell Witch? When are we going there? That sounds like fun. It's in Tennessee. Well, it's a long road trip. We could pack the bike and take a trip. I don't know. That's a, that's a long bike trip without an RV. Get you your own. Okay. Get, you a, get you a trike. 
and you can tow a trailer, <laughs> sleep in it. <laughs> the little half moon yeah, trailer. Yeah. Okay. That's a thought. But getting back to Tennessee, uh, I do actually feel like I have to seriously warn everyone. Hiking at night is a super bad idea. It's like an American werewolf in London bad. Stay on the path and don't go out at night. <laughs> there have been dozens of mysterious disappearances in this area, and if that isn't enough, local authorities have found well over 20 mutilated human carcasses and over 500 animal carcasses in this area. So, again, don't hike at night. Stay on the path. Or if you do, take a really big gun and a big flashlight. Right? I don't... I'm not... What? Yeah. No. <laughs> Defend yourself. Flashlight will scare off most things. Well, either way, this particular campground is 3,782 acres of spooky forests, lakes, meadows, and it has 21 miles of worthy trails to explore during the day. One last time. And it has 111 campsites, most of which have electric hookups. That's my kind of place right there. Okay. And it has laundry. Laundry, yeah. Flushing toilets. Yeah, see, that's even getting better. And hot showers. Oh, I like it. When are we going? Um, well, I don't know. But, <laughs> and just in case you see another name associated with it, it's also known as Four Mile Campground. Either way, keeping your cantation safe, stay in your tent, and not hiking at night. Good, good, good uh, advice there. Okay. All right. Do you have a have another, Do you have a good advice? Tip? I have another good advice tip. If you're like me and you love coffee, you can't go, you know, more than uh, I can't go more than a few hours without a cup of coffee. You can't. You don't want to carry a whole bunch of coffee with you. So just take uh, some coffee filters and put a scoop of coffee in the middle of it and wrap it up like a little balloon and tie it up with some dental floss, real tight. And then when you want to make coffee, it's just like making tea. Pour the hot water in the cup that you boiled on the fire that you started with the matches that you started with Doritos. <laughs> See how it's all coming together here? And then you, so you make your water hot, you boil it however hot you like it. Put there, just like making tea, put the, put the bag in the cup, pour the water in, wait a few minutes, voila, you got coffee. Okay. Coffee for that night that you spent in the tent. Yeah, scared out of your wits because you heard a werewolf. <laughs> for our 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 seventh and final campground for the night, we head east to Braley Pond, Virginia. Now, obviously, it's a place with a pond, and it's a popular fishing place as well. Located 60 miles from Charlottesville, Virginia, Braley Pond is in George Washington National Forest. So part of what I think contributes to the paranormal activity is that there have actually been several suicides recorded in this area. And there have been a lot of bodies found, not only in the pond waters, but in the surrounding wilderness as well. And w when we talk about paranormal activity, we're talking a number of paranormal activity going on here. One, 
there is the reported spirit that tends to hover over the pond. Another is the sound of unseen horses trotting down the road. Another is the mysterious sounds of laughter of children. In addition to all that, one commonly reported phenomenon is that people actually will get struck with the sudden sense of feeling sick and just an overwhelming sense of pure dread. Hikers in this area have also been known to complain about an overwhelming sense of disorientation. People have seen shadow figures, orbs of light, and there's also a complaint of this overwhelming feeling of being watched. And this is a new one, but there have also been reports of people being overcome with the strange compulsion to go into the water. The people who have claimed this have said it felt as if something was calling to them, beckoning them to go into the water. And if these freaky things aren't enough, some people have even described the feeling of of something warming into their minds, kind of like an impending insanity. And in fact, there's even one recorded case of a paranormal researcher from the Shenandoah Valley Paranormal Society allegedly went insane and committed suicide shortly after investigating this particular site in 2006. And on top of the suicides, this place was actually the place of a gruesome gang murder in May of 2003 when 19-year-old Christopher Kennedy was lured there and stabbed to death by gang members. His body was callously dumped into the water. After all this, of course, the paranormal activities escalated. So seriously, if you tempt Braley's Pond, Braley's Pond might tempt you. Now, this place, I just—it's it, insane. All the crazy. That things. sounds like probably the scariest place you've talked about all night. Probably like people committing suicide and somebody got murdered and. Right, like there's something evil in that water. I don't know why people creepy. would go fishing knowing I that bodies. I don't think I want to go to that place. Are found in the pond. Yeah, I don't think I want to go there. Okay. Uh, I want to go to all the other ones we talked about, but I think I'll skip that one. Okay. Now, we've talked a lot about campgrounds and. One of the things you have to bear in mind, minus obviously besides Antietam Creek where it's a walk-in, a lot of these start taking reservations about six to six months to a year in advance. So roughly about now. And thanks to the vaccines that are, are coming out, you know, who knows what summer's going to look like next year, but hopefully between the, the, the two types of vaccines that are coming out, w- maybe we'll have some sort of uh, fun, festive summer next year. Can I have one more tip? Absolutely, one more tip. One more tip, and it's going to stay along the same lines of starting a fire. So we started a fire with the matches that we had in our Tupperware container by lighting Doritos on fire. Well, if you don't want to light your Doritos on fire because you want to eat them, one other thing you can do, and I've actually done this so I know it works, is get some like Vaseline and lamp oil. You know what lamp oil is? You know you put it in the old oil lamps? You get some Vaseline and some lamp oil, and you put it in a pan on the stove, and you just heat it up till the Vaseline melts. Then you take a bunch of cotton balls or uh, the makeup, the cotton makeup remover pads. Those work really well too, but I think cotton balls are the best. But and you 
you put them all in there and you let them soak up all the lamp oil and Vaseline. And then you just put them, uh, old prescription bottles work well, or even, uh, uh, so you, you have to prep this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, you prep this before you go. But what it is, is then when you get to where you're camping at and you want to start your fire, you just pull one cotton ball out that's soaked in that Vaseline and that lamp oil. And you kind of stretch out one part of it a little bit. So it's kind of like a wick. You light it on fire. And since it's soaked in the, the, the Vaseline, which is petroleum, and the and the lamp oil, which is another uh, fuel burning, you know, it'll light on fire and it and it you got a fire starter. So you don't have to eat, you don't have to burn your Doritos. So you can eat your Doritos now. Okay. So cotton ball flames is basically what he's saying. Cotton balls work great for starting a fire. As and they work even better if you put some kind of accelerant on them, such as the lamp oil and the Vaseline. Okay. Well, thank you for all your tips tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope I come back someday. <laughs> okay. So before we end our session tonight, I actually kind of wanted to touch base on an idea that I have, and I kind of think this might be kind of fun. So I think it would be really awesome to hear some of our travel tales, our paranormal travel tales, experiences that you may have had while you're making your rounds, either on your way to Thanksgiving or any type of trip, family trip, vacation, camp, campation trips, or if you've even been to any of these places and you had a paranormal experience, I would love, 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 love for you to send me an email sharing your tales. So if you have a paranormal experience whilst traveling and would like to share, please send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. But that is all we have for tonight. And as always, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or if you have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email again at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. So final words. Uh, yeah, just, you know, camping is fun. And if you use some of these hacks, you know, and if you want more, you can email her at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. And I can give you more. Cause I got a whole list of them. Just ask her she, and I'll, I'll tell her what they are and she can send them to you. Well, thank you. Until next time, please remember only the few can see the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are.